This Torah class is brought to you by TorahAnytime.com. Okay, good evening, Rabbi Sashem Aleichem. We continue Daf HaShavua. We're learning Mesachas Ksubais, Shaz Katan, Daf Yud Chesam and Aleph. We begin one, two, three, four, six lines from the bottom of Yud Zayin Amad The Gemara wanted to know why does the Mishnah have to say that if I say this field belonged to your father and I bought it from him, that you're believed because Pesha Asr Pesha Hitter. But if we had Edim that it belonged to the father, you're not believed. Why can't we talk about where I say that believe me that this field I, um, I used to belong to you and I bought it from you because I didn't have to admit that I bought it from you. I could have said it was always mine. Why do we have to get the father involved? The Gemara wants to know, why don't we uh, pick a case where you say that I bought it from you? So the Gemara said earlier, well, if you made three years chazaka, then uh, you should be believed. And if you didn't make three years chazaka, then even the father. So the Gemara says, well, um, so by you also, the Gemara said, um, by, by the father as well, if you ate it for three years chazaka, you should be believed. And if you didn't, then you should not be believed. So the Gemara says, by the father you could have a case where you ate it two years in his presence and one year after he died, and the chidosh is that it's not a good chazaka, not in his presence. So the Gemara conjured up a different case. The Gemara said, well, why can't it be you made two years chazaka in uh, his... In other words, talk about where you say, I bought it directly from you. And you made two years of chazaka in the guy's presence, and one year of chazaka where the guy had to run away. So I wanted to know, why did he run away? If he ran away because his life's on the line, of course you're not believed because he can't protest. And if he ran away because of financial considerations, he should have protested where he was because we hold macha shaloi b'fanov is a good macha. In other words, Tegmar had a kasha, why don't we talk about where you say that you bought it directly from the guy and you ate it two years of chazak in his presence and one year not in his presence. Because the Gemara says, in that case, even if they're Edim that it used to belong to him, it's a good chazaka because he should have protested. So now what we need to do today is we need to prove macha shaloi befanav havya macha. Where if somebody's on your field and you're out of town and you can't be back, you could protest from where you are and you could assume that the guy occupying your field will hear about it. So we're trying to prove macha shaloi befanav havya macha. Detznan, we learned in a Mishnah in Baba Basra. Shaloish aratzois lechazaka. There are three distinct lands for chazaka. There's Yehuda, the region of Judah. Ve'evayarden, there's the Transjordan. Ve'hagalil, there's the Galil. Ha'ya b'Yehuda ve'hechzik be'galil. Let's say the previous owner was in Yehuda, and there's an occupier in the Galil. Or be'galil, the previous owner is in Galil, ve'hechzik be'Yehuda, and someone's occupying the field in Yehuda. Ain't a chazak, it's not a chazaka. Ad she'hei imay be'medina. Unless the occupier and the owner are in the same 
region. We asked on this Mishnah, what is the Tana of this Mishnah hold? If he holds that a protest, not in the presence of the occupier, is a good protest, then it should be a good chazaka, even from Yehuda to Galil. Why does the Mishnah say, it should be a good chazaka, even from Yehuda to Galil. And if the Tana holds, Macha, not in his presence, is not a good Macha, because it's never going to reach the ear of the occupier, then even if you're in the same region, but not in, the, in a different city or in a different area, even if the owner and the occupier were in the same region, it should not be a valid Chazaka, because the occupier cannot be Moicha. So Taisus wants to know, why we focus on whether a Macha, not in the presence of the occupier, is a good Macha, why don't we talk about the element of why, whether the Chazaka, not in the presence of the original owner, is a good Chazaka or not. Why are we focused on whether the occupier will hear about the protest of the original owner, why don't we focus on whether the original owner will hear about the occupier um, occupying his field. And Toysus says, well, someone occupying your field, that you'll definitely hear about. That was never debatable. The debate is whether it will, because that some people are going to talk about that. People are going to talk about there's someone on the field. But whether the word spreads that the original owner protests, that's what's debatable. So the Gemara doesn't understand how to explain this Mishnah. If then in two different regions it should work. If it then even in the same region it should not be a chazaka. Really, macha not in his presence is a macha. shani. And the Mishnah is talking about a time of cherem, where word does not travel from one region to the next. If we're talking about a situation where there is some kind of lack of, um, some kind of excommunication, some kind of shutdown of travel, then why only Yehuda v'Galil, any two regions? Says the Gemara, the Stam Yehuda v'Galil kishas cherem dami, because that Yehuda v'Galil are typical examples of regions where there is cherem. Uh, okay, so now the Gemara is going to go through various possibilities of why the Mishnah has to say that Rabbi Yeshua's Maida, that if I say this field used to belong to your father and I bought it from him. Then we have a migu, which the Gemara says Rabbi Shua normally doesn't hold of migu. Because who says, I would have claimed the better claim? But in a situation where ein shar where nobody is demanding anything from me, and I'm on my own, on my own volition, I'm offering information, then Rabbi Shua holds of what we call pesha asar, hu pesha hitter. Why do we have to talk about a case of karka? Why can't we have conjure up a case of pesha asar, pesha hitter, and a case of movables? Says Gemara, Rabbi, 
Velisni moide Rabbi Yeshua ba'omer lechaverai. Mana lavisi mimcha uparativ lecha. Why can't we say Rabbi Yeshua's moide? Where you say to your friend, I lent you a mana and I paid you back. Because I'm neman. To believe me that I lent you a mana I paid you back. Because I didn't have to say that I lent it to you. You didn't, tell, you didn't come to me and say that... Uh, <laughs> where you say, I borrowed a mana and I paid you back. So I come to you and I say, you know, I borrowed a hundred bucks and I paid you back. You didn't come to me and say I lent you a hundred bucks. Had I not woken up, you wouldn't have said anything to me. I'm the one who came to you. I borrowed a hundred bucks and I paid you back. So why don't we say, Rabbi Shua is Maida, if I say, I borrowed a hundred bucks and I paid you back, Shu Neman. Says the Gemara, well, Misham de Kabayla Misni Seva wanted to teach the Seifa. If they're witnesses, then I borrowed it and I say that I paid Eno Neman. And that wouldn't be true. Because in fact, if they're Edom that I borrowed from you, and you don't claim anything. Why can't I say I paid you back? Someone who lends money with Edom doesn't have to pay back with Edom. I could pay back without Edom. So if I on my own come to you and I say, you know, I borrowed 100 bucks and I paid you back, then I'm them on even if they're Edom that I borrowed the money. Okay. Now the Gemara has another possibility. Velisni moida Rabbi Shua bar melchaverai mana leavicha biadi veachaltiv pras. Let's establish a few rules. Number one, if you come to me and say, you know, Gladstein, I lent you hundred bucks, and I say, yeah, true, I already, but I, um, I paid you back fifty, and. Um, I paid you back 50. And the other 50 I owe you. And you say, what are you talking about? You didn't pay me anything. So that's called Moedim Mixas. Moedim Mixas has to swear Shvur Daraisa. We learned that from the Pasuk Asher Yamar Kihuzah. So you claim uh, you owe me 100 bucks. I say, I, uh, I only owe you uh, 50. Paid you back 50 already. So then, uh, that's Moedim Mixas. But what about the following case? Your father lent me a hundred bucks. And I ate part of it. I paid back fifty. And I owe fifty. That you're believed. Rashi says, I paid back fifty. That you're neman without a shvua. Now normally it's a Maidva Mixas, but in this case Rashi says it's Ein Shar Shachlefanecha. You didn't claim that I owe your father 50. I on my own volition said your father lent me 100 and I paid him back 50. So sin, normally this is a Maidva Mixas, is a Shvodai Raisa here. But in this case where I'm the one who is on my own volition admitting to this, then I'm Potter, Peshasr, Peshahitr, because you're not being Toiveya. And Rabbi Shu is Moida in that case. Sigmar so says, no, we, we can't pick that case. Aliba the man, who would this go like? 
Rashi brings over here, there's a machlokes tanoim about this issue in Masechta Shvuas. And Rabbi Shua, now the Gemara is saying, is not going to fit into either Manda Amar. Because the Rabbanon are of the opinion that even if you are toiveya, you know, your father, my father lent you a hundred bucks, and I'm oide b'miksas, the Rabbanon hold on potter, because they say, I'm a meishiv aveda. Because the halacha is, Rashi brings, that uh, the Gemara and Shavuos tells us, that if children say, my, our father lent you a hundred bucks, and I say, no, um, I only owe him fifty bucks, I'm potter, I'm a meishiv aveda. Why am I Meshav Aveda? Because we're going to see, I'm a Meshav Aveda, because it's true you're being Toivea me. <laughs> but the reason why Maidim Miksas is Chayev, normally Maidim Miksas, you could ask, why is Maidim Miksas Chayev? Why don't you have a Migu? I could have been Kaifra Kol. Believe me that I paid back 50 because I could have said I never owed you the money in the first place. So normally we say, no, a person would not have the audacity to deny it outright. But against the son, if I say, my father lent you a hundred bucks, I would have the audacity to say, Lahadam, this never happened. In other words, the Rabbanim are of the opinion that when a, ch- when a child claims that someone owes a borrowed money from their father, anything that person admits to is, is out of the goodness of his heart because there's no reason he doesn't have the audacity to completely deny it. Maybe somebody would not have the audacity to deny someone who lent him money, you know, I never borrowed it from you. But if you're coming and saying, you know, my father lent you the money, there's no reason to assume that somebody would not have the audacity to say, no, nah, I never borrowed it from him because I'm not, sort of, I'm not denying it to your face. You, you don't necessarily know what your father lent me. So, the Chachamim hold that the same way like this. Let's say um, I come to you and say, I found your wallet. Here, here's your wallet with the $400 in it. You say, what? I had $800 in it. You're not a moedim and mixas. I'm not a moedim and mixas. I didn't have to tell you I found your wallet. When you made the announcement, did anyone find my wallet? I could have said, you should really put money in the Rameir Balanes Pushka. I, I was a nice guy. I told you I found the wallet. So now you claim that there was more money in it. Good for you. I didn't have, I'm, I'm being a nice guy. I'm a Meshav Aveda. The Rabbanon hold that when somebody comes and is toivei on behalf of a parent, anything you admit is like admitting, uh, is like returning a lost object. So the Gemara wants to know, the Gemara had a kasha. Why don't we say, Rabbi Shua's that if somebody says, you know, your father lent me a hundred bucks and I used up half of it, I paid back half of it, and the other half I still owe him, you're believed. So Gemara wants to know, who does that go like? According to the Rabbanon, they hold it's a Meshav Aveda. What does that mean? It's a, so what, in other words, it has nothing to do, listen carefully, it's, the reason why you're believed is not that Rabbi Yeshua is moideh by Ein Shar Shacha Lefanecha, it's not that Rabbi Yeshua is moideh because it's a Pesha, uh, Sha'as or a Pesha Hitter. Rabbi Yeshua is moideh because of the Shita of the Rabbanon, that uh, you're like a Meshav Aveda. 
The same way the Rabbanan were Masakain, by the way. It's a Takana. That if I say, I found your object, you have no right to say, well, there was more money in the wallet. No, then nobody's ever going to return a wallet. Because every time someone returns a wallet, the owner is going to say there's twice as much amount of money, and the guy who found it is going to have to pay him because he's a Maidu and Mixas. So there's a special takana, the rabbis were masakin, that when you say you lost an object, that, I, that you found an object, you're believed to say, this is what you found. So included in that, the Rabbanon say, is that when I say, your father lent me money, and this is, and I paid back X and... Um, Y and X, you're believed. So who does Rabbi Shua go like? If he goes like the Rabbanon, then it's Pashir you're believed. And if he goes like Rabbi Lezer ben Yaakov, you know Rabbi Lezer ben Rabbi Yaakov holds that you have to swear even if the guy does not make a claim. If I on my own say, that your father lent me money, and I pay back half. Okay, one second. Battery uh, emergency here. Rebbe and Yaakov holds. That even if uh, nobody's toivei, if I on my own say that I lent, uh, I borrowed money from your father and I paid back half, I'm chayiv. So Rabbi Shua doesn't work out according to anybody. According to the Chachamim, your putter, irrespective of Pesha Asr, Pesha Hitter, it's the Takana of Meshav Aveda. And if it's Rabbi Lezer ben Yaakov, you're chayiv. Um, you need an oath. The Tanya Blazer and Yaakov Aimer. Pa'amim Sha'adam Nijba Altainas Atzmai. Blazer and Yaakov says sometimes a person swears for his own admission. Keitzad how? Manol Avichaviyad. If I say your father lent me a hundred bucks, the Hechaltiv Pras, I ate up half of it and I owe half. Harizen Nijba. You have to swear. Vizehu Shenijba Altainas Atzmai. This is a, a case. This is an example of someone who swears for on his own admission. The rabbis say, no, this is only like returning a lost object. Upater and your pater. So Gemara asks, Rebbe Lezer doesn't hold of the takana of returning a lost object? Meaning, of course Rebbe Lezer holds when you return a lost object. If the owner says, you know, there were, there's more money in the wallet, you're not a moidvimiktsas, and you don't have to swear, so wouldn't he agree that included in that is if... I say, your father lent me a hundred bucks and I paid back. Isn't that exactly parallel and exactly analogous to where you return a lost object? So the Gemara says, no. You know when Rabbi Lezer ben Yaakov says that you're chayiv to swear when you say, your father lent me a hundred bucks and I paid back half? It's talking about where you're not really a Meshav Aveda because the the Child is making a taina. Amar Rav, Rav said, "Betainai katan." The katan is tainaing that you know what, my father lent you money and you didn't pay back. Says the Gemara, really, a katan's taina has any significance at all? But Amar Mar, the master said, "Ein nishbayin al tainas chiresh shoyta vekatan." The master said that you don't swear 
on the taina of a cheresh shoyta v'katan. The taina v'katan is halachically insignificant. Says the Gemara, my katan. What's a katan? Gadol. A katan is really... You know what katan we're talking about? When Rav said to enter katan, we're talking about an adult. V'amai korile katan. Because he's really unknowing regarding his father's affairs. So you know why Reb Lezer ben Yaakov holds that in this case you would have to swear? Meaning, what's the Gemara saying? The Gemara wanted to know who does Rabbi Shua go like? If he goes like the Rabbanon, he's a Meshav Aveda. And if he goes like Reb Lezer ben Yaakov, you would have to swear. The Gemara is just clarifying why in Rebbe Lezer ben Yaakov do you have to swear, isn't it not, where, aren't you a Meshav Aveda? So the Gemara says, well, we're talking about a case where the Katan makes a Taina. I, but a Katan's Taina is halachically insignificant. The answer is it's talking about a Gadol, but he really doesn't know about his father's affairs. Says the Gemara, Ihachi, if really a Gadol is making a Taina, then why was Reb Lezer say that sometimes a person swears Al-Tainas Atzmai for his own admission, he's not admitting it, someone is claiming it from him. This is not Tainas Atzmai, but someone rather is being Toivea it, namely the Gadol, who may not have absolute uh, clear knowledge about his father's affair, but this is not Tainas Atzmai. Iachi Tainas Atzmai, Tainas Acherimhi. Says the true, Tainas Acherim Atzmai. Other people are being Tain, and he's admitting. Says the Gemara, Kulhi Tainasa Tainas Acherim Vahidas Atzmai Nino. It's always a situation, every single situation is where other people are Tevea, and you yourself admit it. So what would Rabbi Rashi explains? What does it mean? Sometimes you swear for Tainas Atzmai. What do you mean sometimes? <laughs> if nobody is Toiveya, then you don't swear because you're Meshavah Veda. Elamai, someone is Toiveya. So that, that's every single case. Every single case is where somebody makes a Tviya and you admit to half. So why is it called pa'amim? What do you mean sometimes? So the Gemara is ultimately going to say um, that they argue about Rabbah. Let's read the words and we'll come back to it tomorrow night. Here they argue about Rabbah. And Rashi learns really we're talking about where the katan is toiveya. I ain't al tainas katan. That's when the katan says, I gave it to you. But here he says, he's barash, he says, betainas aviv. So Rebbe and Yaakov would say, you have to swear. Let's look at the words. Why does a rabbi say, why does a Torah say that someone who admits to a partial obligation has to swear? Why does the Torah say that if I say, yeah, you tell me, you say I owe you a hundred, I say I only owe you fifty. Why do I have to swear? 
Why don't I have a migu that I could have denied the whole thing? The answer is, you know, I don't have a migu. There's a chazaka that if I was lying, I wouldn't have the audacity to be koifra hakal. Chazaka ina the meyaz pana b'fnei bal person doesn't have the audacity to look someone who lent him money in the eye and say, no, I don't know anything. Really, I would want to deny the whole thing. The reason I didn't deny the whole thing. Because I don't have the audacity. However, the question is, what about a katan? By a katan, uh, you would have perhaps the audacity. Really, I would admit to the whole thing. The reason I didn't is I'm trying to slip away the sovereign, I think, until I get money, I'll pay back. So the Torah says, put a shvua on him so that he's maida. And the question is whether a person would be mayas. Not not only would a person not be mayas to the Balchoiv, a person would not be mayas to the sun. However, the Chachamim say no, a person would be mayas to the sun. We'll, we'll clarify this as a Sashem tomorrow. Okay, Rabbi Say, we're going to hold it over here. Brachavatzacha. Have a wonderful evening. Kaltov. Good night, good night. Bye bye. Just experienced another Torah class brought to you by TorahAnytime.com.